Listen, if you dare, to the Lovecraft Tapes. Welcome to the Lovecraft Tapes. I am Jeremy, your Keeper of Arcane Lore, and we play Call of Cthulhu, a horror role-playing game based upon the fictional works of H.P. Lovecraft. Your investigators of the unknown are... Matt! As Private Detective Dan Williams... And this weed is the work of the devil, and this weed is the work of the devil, and this weed is also the work of the devil. Brian, as Dr. Hubert Pretorius Loveland. Let me see that weed. I think that's the direction we need to go. And Gabe as Special Agent Roy Arroyo. Trance. Uh, trance. Welcome, players. Let's begin by checking the mailbag for any letters from beyond. We have some iTunes reviews to share. This one is entitled, Made Me Legitimately Scared by Wooter V. He says, I have a rich fantasy world in my head, so when the GM goes into horror mode between on the goofs of the players, my hairs stand on end. Certainly worth a listen. Very nice. Sorry, you have to use iTunes. The next one is entitled, I Just Found This Podcast and I Can't Stop Listening by Interodang. So you're telling me the subliminal messages are finally working. It's about time. And he says, the headphones have buried in my ears and will not come out. And I see a shadow in the corner of my eyes. It hasn't left, but it is getting closer and closer. When I turn to look at it, it disappears. I fear they are closing in now. Please never stop. I love you guys. I located this podcast while trying to find something to fill the void that was in my heart during Cthulhu and Friends' hiatus. This podcast has entered in that void and caused it to fester in the best way possible. There's mystery and a wonderful feel to the podcast, and the chemistry between these actors is real. I love it. I have no idea who these people are. On Facebook, a comment from Ralph Polner started my second listen-through of this amazing podcast. Wow. He had to go back for seconds of that lovely taco fish. Just to make sure that we didn't miss anything with our library use rolls. <laughs> and finally, on Reddit, just within the last 12 or 13 hours, we got a comment from Eleanor Ran. They say, I just wanted to begin by saying I love the podcast. It's inspired me to get more involved with RPGs, so thank you. I'm a newer listener, and since I've found this podcast the other month, I have been listening on my commute to work every day. I definitely enjoyed the noir vibe of the first and second chapter. Now, as I have gotten deeper into Call of Cthulhu, I have been interested in Cthulhu before, getting more involved with RPGs, I find myself much more drawn to keeping. I ran a trial one-off scenario, and it went well. But while listening to the podcast, I have been wondering how your story process works. I would love to try to create my own scenario, but I'm a bit concerned on where to start designing one. So far, I have used available scenarios, but I would love tips to begin designing. Obviously, this is a question for me or a point to me. I I did answer this at length on our Reddit. To summarize, essentially what I do is, or at least have done for the previous five chapters, is start with a published scenario of some sort. If they're not in the timeline that uh, I need, then I tweak them to take place in the the era that uh, I, I need them to. And also tweak some of the monsters or tweak some of the characters to be more in line with maybe NPCs I've introduced in previous scenarios. But a lot of the times what happens is during the play session, the investigator's actions will sometimes dictate what I need to do to modify the scenario. So if uh, if there are some particular clues that need to be collected within the scenario, maybe they stumble across something that is that they've developed themselves that substitutes for that. So I sort of substitute things on the fly. Because we try to end on a cliffhanger each session, that sometimes forces me to introduce story elements that I hadn't planned on just to keep the tempo and the rhythm and the beats of the story going. And then at the very end, uh, whatever that particular story element I've injected might come back to haunt me later. So I, I... tend to spin those off into other elements that will maybe surface in future scenarios. If you've gone through all five chapters now, you'll see that uh, there's a lot of interweaving from scenario to scenario. That's the basic answer to your question. I hope that is helpful. Yay! All right, announcements. We got them. Do you like what you hear? Then dagnabbit, support us on patreon.com slash lovecrafttapes. It will hook you up with some sweet Sweet rewards. Again, that's patreon.com slash lovecrafttapes. We are not responsible for any food poisoning that may come from consuming the taco fish we send you in the mail. Want to own us? Then darn it all, buy our stuff at teespring.com slash stores slash lovecrafttapes, including hashtag taco fish shirts, hoodies, mugs, stickers, and more. Again, that's teespring.com slash stores slash lovecrafttapes.
You can find these links and more anytime at thelovecrafttapes.com. Does anybody know what time it is? 10.38. Nope, it's time to pay the bills. Let's take a quick commercial break. And now, a word from our sponsor. Hello, folks. It's time we had a chat. A chat that uh, nobody wants to have, but in this day and age, it can't be avoided any longer. What chat might that be? Uh, The birds and the bees? (laughs) Nah, man, you can check the internet for that shit. Death and taxes? Nope. Well, I mean, aside from the potential conversation about dodging one with the other if you catch my drift. (laughs) No, friends, countrymen, Romans, lend me your underpants. That's right, it's time we talk about what you wear under your trousers. Or, uh, over, if you're that kind of person. Do you ever think about just how nasty it is down there? I mean, if you did, you might not want to wear the same underwear for more than one day. <laughs> Luckily for you, Herbert West Labs is back and better with our latest and greatest in personal comfort and style. Brief Boxers 24-Hour Disposable Underwear is the hot new commodity that is there one day and gone the next. With our patented interdimensional radiation-infused 100% cotton fiber, your now nasty under-trousers will disappear from our earthly plane of existence exactly 24 hours after they leave the package. Uh, We don't know where they go, and frankly, we don't care. And uh, neither should you, because that means no more underwear heebie-jeebies when you have to wear your track-marked skivvies the next day for that walk of shame back to your apartment. Brief boxes, 24-hour disposable underwear for the discerning Long John connoisseur. Remember, kids, if it's not West, it's not the best. Herbert West Labs is not responsible in this universe or any other for the interdimensional relocation of those who are wearing brief boxers at the 24-hour mark. Please remove said undergarment before that time threshold is reached in order to minimize chances of unwanted dimensional wandering. And we're back. And that's why I decided to not wear underwear today. I know I can smell. I mean... I am pretty sure it's 1038, though. Well, dear investigators, it's time we continue. Chapter 6, The Big Uneasy. Previously on the Lovecraft Tapes. Deep beneath the crumbling edifice of Laplace Memorial Church, Dan comes face to face with a group of robed, shuffling corpses who appear to have been infested with plant life from the surrounding swamplands. Despite the shock of this realization, he manages to flee back to the church. Meanwhile, Roy barely manages to escape an attack on the belfry. His masterful avoidance, though, leaves him dazed and in a trance. A virtual zombie, doomed to be led around by his compatriots like a lost dog until he can regain his wits. Hubert, however, manages to catch a glimpse of the jellyfish-like creature that smashed through the stained glass and immediately wishes he hadn't. The trio regroup at the dais just in time to seal off the undead figures below. Hubert decides to follow a certain signs deeper into the cemetery, accompanied by Roy, and together they stumble upon a secret. Dan opts to stay alone at the church to calm his frayed nerves. Dan, you're busily snipping with your pocket knife at the vines and other greenery and crouching the spot where you sit on the church steps when the shuddering thump crash from inside the once holy place sends shivers throughout your body. All at once, you're quite sure you smell grave soil and rotten moss. Hubert, You're standing at the edge of the cemetery, parting the foliage to reveal a wide earthen tunnel that descends downward and northward beneath the overgrown underbrush. From within the darkness, the scent of freshly turned earth exudes. You can clearly see various footprints, some shod, some bare, coming and going from this hidden entry. Roy, you shake off a strange malaise, almost as if you'd been out drinking too late the night before and forgotten something vitally important the next morning. Still, you're sure you've been up to some sort of awesomeness. You are alive after all, but you do seem to remember a soft, soothing female voice trying to tell you something, something very important. Now, however, you're standing next to Dr. Loveland in a cemetery and you have no recollection how you actually got there. So let's pick up with Dan first. 
Just going to write no exit on the doors, and that's going to solve my problems, because they'll see that and realize they can't leave that way, right? Is, is that how that works? Yep. Yep. Great. If I've seen any zombie movie, that's exactly how that works. <laughs> so do the doors to the church open in, or do they open like out towards the steps? They open out towards the steps. That's how you kill someone. They're in pretty uh, bad shape, so they're not exactly the most stout-looking things. Huh. Are there, like, any, like, broken-off tombstones or large chunks of stone or stuff I could, like, put in front of the doors to maybe try and slow them down a bit? Well, you're not quite sure. You can certainly try that. Um, You will have to go into the cemetery proper with all of that grass and vines and moss. Yeah, bro. Just kill yourself and end it. That way you don't have to figure it out. (laughs) I'll respawn back at the... uh. Can I just, like, even before I go for it, can I just, like, see anything around me like that? I was thinking of maybe seeing if, like, because it's an old cemetery, maybe there were, you know, some of the tombstones that have either broken off or there are large chunks of rock. Or I was trying to find something to, as the doors swing outward, I was trying to find something to, like, stick in there to prevent them from being able to push out if what I think is happening is happening. Well, why don't you go ahead and give me a luck roll? Look, this baby's going to come whether you like it or not. Ah, I needed a 52 and I rolled a 24. That's a hard success. At the bottom of the steps on the right-hand side, you do spot a sort of fallen column. It looks very heavy, but you might be able to drag it up in time to help bolster the doors. It doesn't look like it's going to maybe hold the doors, but it could slow them down. Okay, I'm going to drag that column and stick it in front of the doors. So you do so, and as you wedge it against the doors and sort of up underneath the uh, handles, you, you feel like you've got a pretty good obstruction, but you do hear the shuffling of many feet inside, approaching the doors, steadily, inexorably coming. That seems kind of personal. It's George Romero fashion. Nothing but George Romero. In that case, I'm going to get in the boat, go back to town, grab some weeks of supplies, and come back, and I should still have time, right? If you roll a one on your luck. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to pull out my gun and fire one off into the air just to let the doc know that something is bad is happening. So we'll leave you there just about to pull the trigger on your gun, and we'll pick up with the doc and Roy, who are standing at the edge of this uh, swamp. Uh, 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 we're in a swamp. And scene. Captain Obvious. <laughs> um, it's not obvious to me, because when I got entranced, I wasn't in a swamp, dummy. So Roy is just, like, talking to the open space. <laughs> I'd say the ganja is still happening. Roy, my boy, are you feeling better? Better than what? Oh, you've had an ordeal. I don't know what you're talking about. All I remember was there was this hot chick. Right down here is where we need to go. Can't you see it? Uh, no. Well, stick with me. I'll get us there. I can't remember how to see. Oh, say can you see. It's right after the bee. You're right. I get it now. Not the bees. So what's been going on? Oh, Right now, it's not the time to fill you in. We, we've got to keep moving. We've got to get there. We, we have the trail in front of us. You can walk and talk. It's not that hard. Nope. He can walk and chew bubble gum, but he has not mastered walking and talking. And he's all out of bubble gum. Ugh. Oh, shit. All right, Roy, let's get down this trail. I'll tell you as we go. See, I win. Roy won, rest of the world, 30. Oh, it's a game. All right, let's go. Okay, great. So we're going to head into the forest. So it's basically just an earthen tunnel that heads further north and down. So it's going below ground, essentially. Okay, so it's going underground. Okay. Yes, absolutely. You can see it's pretty wide. It's obviously enough for the two of you guys to go side by side. Okay. Arm and arm and skipping. Yep. But there is no light. It is uh, just an earthen tunnel uh, leading underground. Mr. Arroyo, do you have a flashlight? Let me check all my pockets and stall while I look in my inventory. No, but I do have a gun. Oh, well, that will light it up very quickly for a short amount of time each bullet you fire. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. We may not be able to proceed without a flashlight. I wonder if Daniel has one. He's not too far back. Well, I feel like we could wait till our eyes adjust. All right, let's wait. I'll tell you what happened in the church. And you guys uh, both uh, realize that your phones have flashlights on them. I have a flip phone, so let's not lie. My old flip phone had a flashlight. (laughs) The flip phone screen. (laughs) All right, so I'm going to pull out my phone and try the flashlight. It comes out. And see if it illuminates enough for us to proceed. Sure, yeah, uh, you get uh, just a very faint glow. You can probably see about eight or ten feet in front of you, no problem. You know what? I, I don't trust this. We should still go back to waste time. Let's go forward a little bit more just to see. 
All the clues are right in front of us. All right, like four steps? Uh, 40 steps? That's a lot of steps. I don't know okay. about that. Well, we've already taken 16 while we're talking. I've been told this program is only 12 steps. The hidden steps are there once you get reached 12. Then they got you. Then you got a coin. Oh. Well, when I try and take the program, it's actually 24 steps. Then you have to pay homage to Zenu. All right, so we're going to go forward uh, a little bit further just to kind of see where it's headed and maybe get a description. It pretty much uh, stays straight and narrow. The walls are very smooth and round, although it is slightly moist and damp in here. As you proceed further, it does actually dry out, and you can see the uh, the footsteps even more clearly, particularly when you use your flashlight. They stand out. The temperatures are starting to drop a little bit, so it's much cooler, much more pleasant down here. The mole people. I knew it. You can see uh, ahead after you've gone, let's say... You said about 40 steps, so let's say about 40 feet or so. Even though it was a, a bit of a steeper decline underground, you can see that it's starting to level off and sort of flatten out. Okay, good. I'm going to pull out my uh, zip, my notebook and uh, make a few notes of the size of the tunnel, uh, where the entrance was at, and the uh, comment about the mixture of uh, shoed feet and bare feet heading in the same direction. Primarily, they are heading north. By doing that, it appears magically in the wiki by the person who's not playing, right? No. The footprints are going back and forth, but primarily they're heading north. Uh, you can tell that much. And uh, because you've spent some time studying this slightly, why don't you go ahead and give me a... How about an intelligence roll? Oh, I don't have any intelligence. That's true. I needed a 45. I rolled a 24. That's a normal success. So you uh, understand that after the incline, you're well below the surface. You're probably 40 feet below surface. Oh, wow. So that was a real steep incline. It does become a subterranean tunnel, but clearly designed to be this far underground. And that's probably why it's so cool. Uh, Roy, why don't you give me a listen roll, please? I'm not good at listening. We need a 24, Gabe. I have, uh, well, if we get a 24, I fail, so let's not hope we get a 24. At least we'll have it. I need a 20, got a 90. It's not a fumble, it's just a fail. Spend just enough luck to make it a 24. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, you're right. Hold on, how much will that put me at? Uh, that'll put me at negative 70 luck. Push the roll, push push the the roll! roll. (laughs) Uh, That's true, you could push the roll, that's always an option. I cannot push the roll. Because I'm not gonna, because Roy does not do listening well anyway. So, uh, Hubert, you finish up your note-taking? Yes, yeah, I finish up my note-taking. I'm going to take my sword out and stab Roy. No. (laughs) Make an attack roll. And I don't hear it coming. (laughs) Or see it. What's weird, it was right in your ear, too, and you never heard it coming. Roll for initiative. Oh, wait a minute. (laughs) I'm going to put an X on the wall where we're at. Okay. All right, well, I've got it marked. Let's keep moving, I guess. I didn't notice that. You see this boot mark? This is familiar. It's a boot. Das boot. It's a boot what? When, when did you become Canadian? So we're going to keep moving down the down the tunnel. Well, I am. I guess I'll follow because I got nothing better to do. <laughs> well, you got to shut your flip phone and reopen it to get the screen to come back on. <laughs> That's true. I'll do that. So Hubert and Roy continue along the tunnel. Secret tunnel. Hey, uh, Hubie. Herbie fully loaded. Did we find those Dr. Kevorkian guys? Is this like this place? I don't know what you're referring to, Roy. The Snake Boys? <gasps> the Galactic The Galactic Space Jams? Hey, that's my gig. What the hell was that? Facebook update. I genuinely don't know the name of them, so it's not really a gig. Uh, I'm not sure who's down here, to be honest with you. But I know that we really need to find... The antidote for your infliction. What if we don't? Shh, listen. Do you smell something? All right, let's cut the action there and let's head back to Dan. Dan, you pull the trigger on your gun and fire around in the air. At that moment, you hear something hitting the other side of the door of the church. I really hope they haven't gone super far into some weird underground tunnel where they couldn't possibly hear me. Where they rolled a 90. <laughs> God damn it, Roy. Okay, I'm going to back up from the doors as much as I dare with all the the weeds poking through the cracks in the pavement. And I'm just going to kind of, you know, point my gun, aim down sights, and just wait. So I'm just, like, ready for them to burst through. Why don't you give me a spot hidden, please? He said wait, not look. 
It's now five hours later. I needed a 68, and I rolled an 18. That is another hard success. You notice movement away to the western edge of the cemetery. A group of shambling figures. Well, fuck. Right now, you can see there is easily a dozen. They're moving slowly toward the church. Oh, God. What do I do now? Uh, Just give up, dude. Uh, I'm going to dress up like the priest and pretend that I run the church and we're going to Scooby-Doo the motherfuck <laughs> out of these guys. I have an idea. Let's wait nine hours. Okay, so they're coming from the west side, which means the closest group I have to worry about are the ones coming out from the church. And I don't think the other two losers are going to come and help. I'm debating if I can make it back to Rita. I'm going to hide in the boat with her, but that would be Rosita. Or Rosita, something like that. But I'm not sure if I can make it that far through the swamp right now. So I know which way they went off into the swamp. I saw them leave. So I'm just going to put my hand over my eyes and start running in that direction. <laughs> that th- If I don't have to see that I'm touching the, the granary, then I won't really notice. All you need to do is make a successful sanity roll to get through it. Otherwise, you're going to have to figure out something else. Watch, I'm, 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 I'm telling you now, this is going to be the one that's going to screw me over. I've gotten two hard successes so far. Oh, and I got another one. What the f*** is going on? You become more sane. That's it. I'm retiring. Good night. What are you, Seinfeld? Going on a high note? Yep. I'm going out. Well, I'm high. Oh, wait, no. Gabe is the one who's high right now, isn't he? Uh, not anymore. They got fixed. You got fixed? Ooh, I'm sorry about that. <laughs> I had too many kids, man. You get it. <laughs> Dan shields his eyes and stumbles into the cemetery proper, trying his best to stay on the path and sort of gingerly stepping through the vines and overgrowth. Your hand that's holding the gun is shaking almost uncontrollably, but somehow you manage to keep hold of it. You peek up, you're about halfway to where you saw Pretorius and Arroyo disappear into the hedge. When you see that the shuffling figures are indeed more of the robed individuals, they're about halfway through the cemetery en route to you now, changing their course. And you hear a crash from the front of the church and a piece of stone rolling down some steps. And you find yourself at the edge of the foliage where they had disappeared. Why don't you go ahead and give me a spot hidden? I needed a 68 and I rolled a 9. That's an extreme success. God, what is happening? I don't know. I can only tell that this is going to come back to bite me in the ass in the future episode. You easily see that a couple branches have been broken from the hedge and beyond is quite clearly a tunnel entrance. And you see an earthen tunnel sloping down and northward. I guess I'm going to follow them down and in because that's clearly the way they went. You enter the tunnel. So, Hubert and Roy, you're quite a ways through the tunnel, just following those boot prints. And the tunnel at certain periods opens up and then narrows down. You estimate you're probably gone maybe 100 yards. You both very clearly hear the sound of rushing water overhead. Russian water? Russian water. Damn communists! (laughs) And then just ahead is uh, Hillary Clinton, so... No, that's worse! <laughs> in Russia, tunnel goes down you. Well, I want you each give me an intelligence roll. I needed a 45, I rolled a 65. That's an ultimate win. I needed a 50, I got a 74, but I would like to point out this is a win for me because I am more intelligent than Hubert is. You should have waited until I showed up. You're not quite sure what it is. Roy, stop pissing, Jesus. <laughs> Put it back in your pants. Are you a half horse? <laughs> yeah. He's all jackass. <laughs> That's not a horse. But unfortunately, as you're preoccupied with the sound we get shot and die thanks for listening (laughs) you hear the sound of rattling (gasps) there's a baby down here run (laughs) the only thing worse than a rapist a child and hubert whirls back around towards the front just in time to see that he's accidentally kicked a rattlesnake nest (gasps) holy crap and we're in combat folks shoot it combat folks New from Hasbro. (laughs) Welcome to our new podcast, Combat Folks. (laughs) And guess what Matt just did? Matt just screwed this combat. Thanks, Matt. That's what you get for not coming back for me. All right, I'm pulling up the uh, cheat sheet for combat flow. Can I just step on their faces and end this combat? I mean, how many of there can there really be? Like two? Is it one horse-sized rattlesnakes or 100 rattlesnake-sized horses? There are actually four of these little bubbies. 
I thought you said they were snakes. Are they snakes or puppies? Or are they snakes or puppies? Oh, they're snake puppies. They're snake puppy hybrids. <laughs> oh, no, not snake puppies. Let's call it out here. Roy, what's your uh, dex? Uh, 50. And Hubert? 900. It's over 9,000. Or 40. It could be 40. Uh, well, they're each 90, so they're all going to go first. Uh, I, did I say 50? I meant 100. I meant 91. <laughs> One dollar, Bob. Wait, that's not how this works. So we're going to have basically two on each of you trying to bite you. Why? Because they don't like you so much. Oh. Who cares? I already need one antidote. Who cares if I need two? So what you're saying is I'm going to come down the tunnel to a pile of dead bodies. <laughs> no, just two. Dead snake bodies. Ha, huh? got them. Here we, here we go. Let's do Hubert first. And Hubert, uh, what would you like to do as your counter move? Uh, do a jump back. That'll be a dodge? Yeah, or Chrysler. It doesn't matter. So attacker with a higher level of success. Draw equals defender. Both fail, no damage inflicted. So go ahead and roll your dodge, please. I had a twenty. I needed a twenty. I rolled a thirty-nine. All right. Snake bites with a hard success. He needed a forty and rolled a nine, and that would be two damage to Hubert. All right. How many you got left, buddy? Uh, eight. So you had ten. Yeah. Now I have eight, and I'm going to need you to make a con roll, please, against the poison. Oh, I got a con the snake. I thought you had to charm snakes. I needed a fifty. I rolled a forty-five. Uh, second snake attacks. Holy shit. Take one more point of damage as another bite. Did you hack this? I hacked it. You're a hacker? His, his roll 20 is coded differently, Brian. And you're okay with the poison at this point because you're already poisoned. Yeah, I'm okay with it. Now he's super poisoned. It's Jack Daniels. Let's go ahead and move on to Roy. Roy, the first one is obviously going to attack you. What would you like to do as your... Shoot it. All right, so that's a fight back. Yeah. So go ahead and roll. I need a 24 and I got a 7, which is a hard success. A 4 damage. Good news is you just blew away one of the snakes. That's good. You just blew a snake. It's dead. Idiot. Before he could actually bite you, which is awesome. You need to re-examine your life. The fourth and final snake is going to lash out at you. What would you like to do as your... Uh, shoot it. That's going to be a penalty dice on that. Keep that in mind. Okay. And I'm going to go ahead and roll mine first. Uh, he failed, so all you need to do is get success. I got a fumble. Oh, shit. Fumble. Well, luckily for you, it doesn't malfunction, but your bullet goes astray. And hits Hubert in the foot. Rebounds off the walls loudly. It is now Roy's turn. Guess what I'm going to do? Run away! <laughs> and you don't need a um, penalty die on this if you're just shooting? I am just shooting. Mine, this will be your third bullet. Okay. I got to fail. I need a 24. I got an 81. All right. Well, he's going to fight back at you. And he rolled a 40, or he needed a 40, and he rolled an 80, so he failed. Welcome to the world's clumsiest combat show. You can opt to fire off additional rounds, but you take penalty dice on those. You do have three bullets left in your gun. Yeah, but I have six at the wayside, but I assume I'll need a turn to reload. I'll do it because why not? Why not, bruh? And if I take this, I can I can watch Hubert fight his two snakes since I got my two snakes. He no. pulls out a long chair. <laughs> All right, so, oh, I needed a 24. I got a four. That's an extreme success. But unfortunately, you have to take a penalty dice. Of what? So you roll a d10. Okay. That four becomes a 74. Oh, I forgot what penalty dice is. Yeah. So your bullet actually goes astray, buries into the ground next to the snake. You can do one more with the penalty dice if you want. No. So you currently have shot four bullets, right? And you have two left in the chamber? Yeah. And we're on to Hubert. Mmm, yes. Still running down the tunnel this time. He said back to Hubert. My snake should attack him instead. Yeah. And Hubert, you, you feel a little bit of a burn where it bit you in the leg. Oh, hot, hot, hot. Hot, 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 hot. It's a disco inferno. It's so burny and hot. Hot, hot, hot. Oh, God, silly snicks. I'm going to attack with my sword cane. I needed a 40. I rolled a 22. All right. He's going to fight back, try to lash out at you. No. He needed a 40, and he rolled a 15. That's a hard success. What the hell's your problem, bro? And he succeeded better than you did, so you no, do no damage, and you take one damage as he laxes out and snaps onto your hand. Even though I had the initiative? Yep. When you fight back, the highest level of success wins. Ugh, I can't take a penalty for that. And we're now at the top of the round. So Snakey number one is going to lash out again. At Hubie. Goodbye, everybody. And how many hit points you got left, Hubie? None of your business. None yet? I got six. 
And you need a 40, you need to roll a 7. That's an extreme success. Watch him get a 4. Of course. A 4. Of course. You can feel the poison just ebbing from his fangs. Um, I'm at 2 hit points. Doesn't that mean I'm, I've am i fallen off? Major wound. You have to tick that box. Major wound, yeah. That's what it is. Come back next week when Brian's playing a different character. <laughs> because of snakes, for Christ's sake. That he kicked their nest. I'm tired of these mother snakes in this mother tunnel. Soon I'll just be playing the enemies. <laughs> There'll be nobody left. Brian killed every single NPC in the game. The second snake is going to lash out. Or four points of damage. Just win, dude. It's not that hard. I did. Needed a 40 and rolled a 30 and two points. Does that take you to zip? Yes, it does. Remember, you're not dead at zero points. Not dead yet. Until they keep biting my dead body, and then I'm dead. Hubert collapses to the ground. Uh, Great. I have to fight three snakes now. Uh, that's up to you. Just then, Jack appears out of nowhere through a teleportation device. Is there like a flea option? How, how fast are these snakes? Uh, well, they're snakes. They're faster than you because they're snakes. Uh, what, what's your move rate? My move rate is seven. They're faster than you. Okay. Yeah. But my gun rate is is bad also, so I'm not built for combat. Yeah, I am, and I'm the only one who's not there, so... You're never in combat. Well, stop being scared of plants. That's true. Hey, I made it into the tunnel by covering my eyes and running through the brush. I think that counts for something. You're the guy who's built for combat, and you're afraid of everything. (laughs) Actually, I'm only afraid of plants for the next, like... Nine and a half hours, so. All right. The snake on you has an initiative. Yeah. So it's going to lash out. And I'm going to shoot it. I needed a 40 and rolled a 24. Yeah, but I rolled a 23. So we'll say in this instance, uh, you had the better success because you rolled better. And uh, so you're able to do damage and you blast that motherfucker to death. Nice. So uh, there are only two snakes left, and they are far enough away that they're not an immediate threat to you. Yeah, so I'm a flea. Since they're not focused on me. And are you fleeing northward or are you fleeing back the way you came? Back the way I came. Thanks. All right, we'll leave that there. We'll show Roy beaten feet. Back towards Dan. Uh, And so Hubert is lying face down in the dirt with uh, two snakes writhing over his immobile body. Sorry, I barely knew you, so I don't mind leaving you to die. (laughs) Thanks. Dan, you have made it into the tunnel and clearly... They have gone that way. You're not sure. It's probably not that long ago, maybe 10 minutes. But it is very dark within this tunnel. I'm going to use the flashlight on my phone so I can see where I'm going and not wonder if someone else has a flashlight. Mental note, bring a flashlight next time I have a new character. <laughs> so t- today. So you snap on your flashlight and uh, head into the tunnel. And how fast are you clipping along, buddy? Uh, I'm going to do like a brisk walk because I know that those things are still shambling out there behind me and I don't want to be caught without backup in case they find their way over to where I'm currently at. Like like 80 style power walk, arms swinging, the whole thing. Suddenly you have a tracksuit. <laughs> <laughs> Neon leg warmers and a fanny pack. Heck yeah. All right. You're clipping along pretty well. You do hear the shuffling sort of fading away as you move along and it's becoming more insular and quieter down here. Uh, You do hear a little bit of uh, the faint sound of rushing water ahead. Rushing water? Wait a minute. (laughs) Deja vu. And then you hear the sound of running feet coming at you from the darkness. Uh, I'm going to swing my gun up and point it at the sound of running feet towards me just in case. But you're not afraid of running water? That's a lot more dangerous. They're scheduled to break the dam on this day, right where we are. (laughs) (laughs) And you hear the sound of banjo music, which is really weird. Yeah. And Roy, you clearly see a light up ahead, which is nice because you didn't have one. Uh, My flip phone. Flip phone screen out as he's running. (laughs) You can see his face. His own face is just... (laughs) It's like a fun footage film. Within 20 feet of each other, you recognize that it's Roy beating feet towards you. I'll draw my gun. Damn it, Roy, watch where you put that thing. You're going to poke an eye out. All right, let's pretend we're in a Quentin Tarantino movie. (laughs) Show me your feet. (laughs) And a bunch of doves fly by. No, that's John Woo. Roy, what are you doing down here? Oh, hey, um, so we were down here for Uh some reason. Uh-huh. Hubie said he was going to explain it, but he never really did, so I just kind of ignored it. Where, Where is the dock anyway? There was some rattlesnakes, 
So yeah, he's dead. Did you, you know, check to make sure he wasn't just unconscious or something? I'm not dealing with those other two rattlesnakes. I killed mine. Wait, there are only two? You you didn't just shoot the other rattlesnakes? Uh, well... I know how much you like to shoot things. I do things. like to shoot things, but I only have uh, one bullet left. Don't you carry a reload? Yeah, but I would have had to reload halfway through killing the one, idiot. Well, now that you're out of combat, can't you just reload right now? <laughs> Roll for re- reloading. So we should not go back down that tunnel. We might want to. I mean, he has been researching the cult, which means he's the only one who knows anything about what might actually be going yeah, on. Yeah, but he has zero hit points left. I mean, if we can get him out of here, Rita probably has some anti-venom, or at least knows someplace we can get some. He could, you know, actually come out of this. Rosita. Rosita. I don't know why I keep saying Rita. Rosanna? I keep calling her Rosalita. <laughs> I want a margarita. Uh. Her name's Mike. <laughs> we don't judge around here. So there's two rattlesnakes left. You shoot one, I'll shoot the uh, other? No, I'm not going to do that because I suck. You are Superman, Mr. Army Guy, whatever, dude. You should just kill them both in one hit and uh, we can uh, move on. And as soon as you end that conversation, you hear two shots ring out from the north. You keep an eye on the tunnel. I'm going to go back and try and drag the doc out of here, okay? And I'm going to just turn and head back down the tunnel in the direction he was coming from to try and find Dr. Pretorius. I'm going to come with him despite his objections just in case they both die and I need to drag them both out. So you proceed northward along the tunnel? And I know that he told me they're rattlesnakes, so I'm going to you know, keep my eyes peeled to the ground to make sure that they don't jump me. What if they're on the ceiling? Ceiling snakes. I didn't think of that. Cool. Why don't you go ahead and both give me a spot hidden, please. Uh, I needed a 68 and I rolled a 43. That is a success. I needed a 70. I got a 16. That's a hard success. So you're you're both going along the tunnel with uh, your phones out, guns out, blazing, 420. And uh, the first thing you see is the snakes that Roy blasted to hell and back. You're welcome. Nice job, Roy. And then you move along a couple more feet, and you see two furrows in the dirt continue along northward, and then two more dead snakes, both of their heads shot off. Dude, I thought you said he didn't kill. Uh, he didn't kill them back there. And and you said he was at zero hit points, right? Uh, I don't know what you mean by that, but he was, you know, he was dead. He got all bitten up several times while I was, you know, mulling around with my snakes. Well, I mean, obviously it looks like someone dragged him out of here after they killed those snakes, so... Well, maybe he's a zombie. Come on, we need to figure out what happened, because supposedly dead bodies don't just walk off leaving two furrows heading north on their own. Dan, that is what you saw, is the snakes and the furrows, but with Roy's much better spot-hidden role, he also sees that... There are fresh footprints to either side of the furrows, as if somebody were being dragged and their feet made those furrows. And I also find more bullets. But what killed the snake? Um, I think it was autoerotic asphyxiation. Hmm. I'm just going to start following the furrows. And I'll follow him. (laughs) Dan and Roy, finally, you see dim daylight far ahead. The subterranean tunnel begins a shift upward and back to the surface. Blinking away the bright sunlight, you're temporarily amazed to see a wide expanse of well-trimmed lawn to either side of a dirt path. A hundred yards to the north is a stately farmhouse with a smaller outbuilding nearby. Behind the homestead, the craggy face of a shale surface gleams white against all the emerald beauty, except for the black hole of a cavern entrance. There is light music playing from one of the buildings, a jaunty old-timey tune which seems to keep time with the buzzing of insects around you and the flitting of colorful butterflies in the field. And of course there is no sign of anybody. I've seen True Detective, I know where this is going. So then, Roy, what do we do? Um, we should rush the house and murder everyone inside. I like it, let's go. Alright, so Dan and Roy proceed along the path to the north, approaching the buildings and the cavern. Oh, crap. I need an antidote, too. We should find that, too. No. But what killed the snakes? We're never going to answer that question now. I guess we'll just have to leave it up to imagination. It was probably hepatitis. Probably. (laughs) Hubert, you resume consciousness slowly, as if coming out of a warm bath. Could you hand me my nightie? You find yourself lying on a bed. Your hands reach out and feel silken sheets, and your head is placed upon a soft pillow. (laughs) Those aren't pillows. Nature's pillows? Your eyes feel swollen as if the 
poison had coursed through your system and inflamed the tissue around your eyes. But you're very surprised to find that you're not dead. You crack open your eyes a, a little bit and a gummy residue pulls from your eyelids and you can make out forms gathered around you. Do I have to complete them in triplicate? Funny you should say that because these forms appear very similar. They're these mottled, leathery, humanoid creatures with strange black eyes that are cut slit-like as if they were snakes. And they sway around you at the bedside and you are unable to move as they bend over you and place their lips on various parts of your body, you now realize that you are unclothed entirely. And their mouths begin sucking on your flesh. That's real hot. Particularly where the snake bites occurred. So on your leg and your hand. But also they're moving, gliding their sucking mouths along all inches of your body. And then one of them climbs up onto you. And you realize with horror that this thing has no feet. It has some sort of malformed flipper as its hindquarters, and it crawls atop you. I'm going to need you to make a sanity roll. Holy crap. I don't want to. I needed a 57. I rolled a 14. Unfortunately, unconsciousness does not provide any relief from what is happening to you as the remaining creatures continue to suckle at the rest of your body. I wish I died. Damn it, reminds me of the 60s. There's a bearskin rug. Fireplates. Is Tom Jones there? All of a sudden, you are inside the movie Junior. (laughs) It's not unusual to be loved by everyone. All right, I think that's where we need to call it. Oh my god, really? Gabe is like, me next, me next. Tune in next time for more of Chapter 6, The Big Uneasy. Oh my god. At least I'm not dead. I wish I was, but at least I'm not dead. Trigger warning. Oh, I can't say that. Trigger is one of Gabe's trigger words. (laughs) (laughs) Ain't nobody got time for that. I like the fact that I just kind of covered my eyes and stumbled through the weeds and happened to find the right spot. Just like life. I just like the picture of Dan running through a cemetery doing this the whole time. I do, too. (laughs) That's awesome. That was so good. He's like, well, I have to get to them somehow, and obviously (laughs) I'm not going to, like, just straight running through them, so I'll cover my eyes. Well, it would have been fun to see what would happen if you had failed your sanity roll. I was was torn between uh, having you run into the arms of the shuffling creatures or uh, potentially uh, just heading straight back towards where Rosita is uh, reposing. I was pretty certain that Brian was going to be playing Rosita next episode. I thought so, too. All right, I'm going to need everybody to roll a D100, please. Now, let's waste good rolls for what I imagine is recommendo bullcrap. Highest roll goes first, and that would be Matt. This week, I'm going to recommend a game called Tacoma by Fulbright Studios. They're the guys who did uh, Gone Home, if you've played that before. Uh, same, Same company. Uh, except this one takes place in a abandoned space station, uh, a lunar transfer station called Tacoma, and it's you get sent in there as a uh, a contractor for this company that wants you to recover the AI core, and all the people are gone, and all you have to figure out what happened is by visiting the different wings of the of the place and watching these AR recordings of the people as they lived out their lives, and it's up to you to kind of puzzle out, you know, what happened to the station, why did everybody have to leave, and why is the company so adamant on you not in under any circumstances talking to the AI? They warn you multiple times, you know, don't talk to the AI, don't go looking for the AI. It's it's up to you to solve this mystery. And it's a really, really novel way of learning the story because these, like, you literally see, like, AR holograms of the people. And you can, you know, rewind and fast forward and you can, like, at some points they open up, like, a virtual desktop and you can hack into that and you can see what files they were looking at and read their email conversations. And it's really kind of cool piecing this whole puzzle story together. It's available, I believe, everywhere. Xbox, PlayStation, and PC. All right, so uh, Gabe and Brian, why don't you both roll a D100 to break your tie? No, we have to go at the same time. I rolled an 8. I got an 8. You got the 80. Yep, Brian goes first. Oh, I'm going to recommend a movie 
that nobody's probably even heard of, and this is the second movie in the series. It's called Deadpool 2. Um, it's obscure uh, indie film. It didn't make much money in its opening weekend, so you probably haven't heard of it. It might not even be in theaters anymore. Extremely funny. Giving the first Deadpool a 10 out of 10. I'm giving this probably a 9 out of 10. It had uh, a lot more uh, character development, which in the first one it it was real quick and witty and snappy and action. And this one actually, uh, you, you felt for them a little bit more. Uh, plus the studios released the sphincter and let out some X-Men. So that was nice. Everybody I'm sure knows Deadpool, but the story in this is, uh, it, it's got some emotion. It's it, They took it in a direction I didn't expect to, but I, I actually surprisingly liked just to have it stand out a little bit from the first movie. It's not all slapstick and in, in, in one-liners. It, it has some a little bit more meat on its bone. Yeah, everybody go see Deadpool 2 or uh, get it um, in six months because you don't go to movie theaters anymore. So. Gabe. All right, I got a good comic book thing here. It's called The Superior Foes of Spider-Man. It was a comic book. It ran for like... Uh, like a year and a half almost uh, around 2013 it was uh basically it's these loser super villains that are in uh spider-man's rogue gallery rogues gallery that's uh team up to try and take down spider-man it's boomerang beetle overdrive shocker and speed demon i'm sure you know all those famous heroes they've taken up the guise of the sinister six even though there's only five of them they're they're attempting to like meet with better supervillains, get advice, and then eventually try and take down Spider-Man. And it's just hysterical the whole way through watching them flub simple villain tasks. Like, like they're just really bad at their job. And it's a comical entry, and Spider-Man has the best villains of all of Marvel, in my opinion. So, it's just a lot of fun, so give that a a look, the superior foes of Spider-Man. All right, well, thank you, Gabe. Uh, my recommendo for this episode is, and I can't believe it took me this long to do this, John Carpenter's The Thing. 1982, starring Kurt Russell, Keith David, Wilford Brimley, Richard Dysart, Richard Masur, and many more amazing character actors. Everybody sort of shines in this one. It is my favorite movie of all time. It, well, that it, means I'm definitely not watching it. Cocoon <laughs> three. It took it took me a long time to realize that uh, this was my favorite movie of all time because Pulp Fiction for a while there was my, one of my favorites or mm-hmm. probably the favorite for a while. But also uh, you know Citizen Kane, Silence of the Lambs, all of those sort of classics. But in this particular instance. Uh, after seeing The Thing probably more times than any other movie. I love every aspect of it. I love the mystery of it. It is a paranoia-inducing retelling of John W. Campbell's short story, Who Goes There?, uh, which was also made into a movie by uh, produced by Howard Hawks back in the uh, 50s, uh, which is a good movie too, but it's a little more on the like sci-fi, black and white, technology's bad, you know, that watch out for the red scourge. Uh, anyways, it tells the tale of a group of men who are at an Antarctic research facility who encounter a mutagenic creature who quickly infiltrates their tight-knit organization. Tight-nippled organization. (laughs) Tight-nippled organization. Lots of men. There are no female characters or actors in this uh, movie. Uh, However, there are... I hate it. That's sexist and awful. There are are interpretations. For instance, the chess uh, computer game has a female voice, uh, Mm -hmm. which was actually voiced by John Carpenter's then-wife, Adrienne Barbeau. Uh, She has just a quick couple lines as the computer before she is summarily destroyed by Kurt Russell's character. And also you could interpret it. uh, I actually wrote a paper back in 1994 comparing the original thing to John Carpenter's The Thing and the presence of the the female uh, within the movie, interpreting it as the thing itself is a female entity. And if you watch it thinking about that, it sort of gives the movie a completely different spin than just a simple uh, alien invasion story. Probably the one of the most notable things beyond great direction from John Carpenter is top-notch, eye-popping, literally, FX from Rob Bottin. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
some of this practical effect set pieces are just amazing. You can't imagine how they can't, it can't be replicated with a CGI. I don't think the talent exists any longer for that level of extreme body horror. The sequence where Norris's head detaches from his body and then becomes a spider crab thing. Mm-hmm. is like you watch that and you're just not even sure how the hell they did it incredible stuff and what i like the best special about, effects dummy <laughs> what, what i like best about uh the special effects is uh, none of the stuff is repeated so the thing constantly changes and evolves and each time that it manifests it's something different and reflects the things that it has absorbed. So at the very end of it, the conglomeration of creatures that it becomes is beyond creepy. It's it's an amalgamation of every horror that it can reflect. Uh, there is amazing cinematography work from Dean Kundi. And uh, the, the cinematography and the direction just allow the shots to breathe. We get some great tracking shots of following one of the dogs as it goes room to room. And you sort of get the view point of the dog the really downbeat uh mysterious ending has been debated for a long time among fans uh, as to whether or not keith david's character is is the thing or kurt russell's character is the thing or is Mm -hmm. neither the thing and they're both going to simply die at the end of this due to extreme conditions but there is evidence to suggest either way and uh, after, gosh, it's 1982, so it's been many, many decades that I've enjoyed this film. I just now have heard a theory that makes sense to me, and I can sort of land on lot. I'm not going to share it because that ruins part of the mystery for folks wow. who want to watch this movie. And uh, But I highly recommend The Thing, John Carpenter's The Thing from 1982, my favorite movie of all time at this current time. So, Yay! Yeah. Well, guys, that's going to do it for this episode of Lovecraft Tapes. Thank you for listening. Please subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Music, Podbean, Stitcher, or anywhere you download your regular podcasts. If you like what you hear, please leave us a review. Meanwhile, you can find us at thelovecrafttapes.com with links to all our recommendos and social media channels, including Facebook, Reddit, YouTube, and our Discord server, where you can chat with us in real time. What are real means? Well, not the fake time like before. Yes. You can find me on Twitter at Lovecraft Tapes. And if anyone wants to buy my bottled sweat, which I'm now selling as the cure to the Wheaton curse, uh, you can hit me up on Twitter at the Real Weird Kid. If, if anyone wants to buy Matt's bottled sweat that I stole from him, you can find me at Lovecraft Gabe. I wasn't supposed to drink that sweat. <laughs> no. Oh, jeez. You can reach me at Brian Podcast on Twitter. All right, guys. Until next time. Roll for sanity. The Lovecraft Tapes podcast is copyright 2018. For more information and sponsorship opportunities, please send email to podcast at thelovecrafttapes.com. Support the Lovecraft Tapes podcast and get access to exclusive content and rewards at patreon.com slash lovecrafttapes.com.